Hello, and welcome to Better Money with Elements Financial. I'm your host, Miranda Finley. I'm a certified financial wellness professional who has worked with thousands of people in all walks of life, and I'm also a real person with real financial experiences. Today, I'm going to chat from both personal and professional viewpoints to help make your money better. I love history, and so I want to set the scene for today's episode. The Ides of March historically fell between March 13th and 15th in ancient Rome and represented a time to settle debts, renewal, and was a cause for celebration. However, the negative connotation was introduced by Shakespeare in his play Julius Caesar, and generally in popular culture, it's a warning to beware the Ides of March. With that time coming up, we thought it was the perfect time to discuss financial pitfalls and how we can avoid them. So first up, you don't ask or you don't know where to go for help. Financial education isn't always a part of our regular school curriculum. I know that it wasn't a part of my curriculum, and I lived in several different states. And I think the only thing that I learned how to do in high school was write a check. And I haven't written a check in like 10 years. So if you have gaps in your financial knowledge, you're not alone. Also, your family of origin can impact what we know about money and our relationship with it. So this means that if our guardians or parents were great with money and had a lot of conversations with us about that, maybe we ended up a little better off with understanding how that works into adulthood. Whereas if if our parents had a tumultuous relationship with money, had an unhealthy or toxic relationship with money, or didn't have conversations with us about it, we might be a little bit in the dark when it comes to it. So it's important that we have a financial institution that's willing to partner with us. This is exactly why Elements does what we do. Financial education is the foundation of what we do here because we want to meet our members wherever they're at in that financial education and what they understand and get them closer to their goals with that education. Finding a financial institution that's willing to partner with you can be really important in this process and having resources that you know that you can trust. So whether it is advice articles, a person at your financial institution that you can meet one one-on-one with to look at your finances objectively, or maybe you just listen to a really cool financial podcast. But whatever it is, if you're in the position that you don't know where to go for help, that's why we're here. You only deal with finances when something is wrong. So just like some of us have that friend that only comes to us when they need something, It's kind of like that with your money. You only pay attention to it when something is wrong. Now, if you're stressing and you're in an emergency and that's why you're paying attention to your money, so for example, you've missed a payment, you have a collector calling, or you don't have enough money at the end of your paycheck period, then every time you deal with money, it's negative. And so then your relationship with money becomes negative. So understanding where you are currently allows us to make a plan of where we want to be. So take our head out of the sand, put the finger on the pulse of our finances, and having a little bit more control of our money instead of it controlling us is going to provide peace of mind. I found that if I'm stressed about my finances, then it affects the relationships in my life with my spouse, with my parents, with my friends. It affects my social life and what I'm able to do in that. It affects whether I'm able to show up to work and give 100% to elements. So making sure that we aren't stressed about money and that we have a healthier relationship with it, not just 
business when it's going wrong is important. Speaking of money adding stress to our lives, not having financial discussions with your partner can do that. According to a study conducted by Personal Capital, only 56% of couples have the money talk within the first year of their relationship, but 57% of couples report that money stress impacts their relationship. Financial compatibility can be determined pretty quickly with these types of conversations, and I'm not saying that it's not something that can be worked on. Financial conversations can definitely be uncomfortable when you start out, but the more frequently you exercise that muscle, the easier they get to be over time. Understanding how somebody thinks about money, having what-if conversations with them, talking to them about credit, how they use credit, what their score is, um, what their opinion is on accruing debt, all of those things are going to point to compatibility within your relationship. The tips I have for you here is if one partner handles the finances, they may be wholly capable and you may trust them to do that, but still stay in the know if you're the partner that isn't handling those. This is going to be really helpful if for whatever reason that partner chooses not to handle the finances moving forward or if they're unable to. Know your due dates, know how much you owe, know the interest rates that you're paying, and know where your money is kept and how to access it. There's a lot of information out there about how to organize your finances, and there's also a lot of opinions, too. My recommendation here is that you do what makes sense for you in your relationship. As long as you have transparency and you're having conversations about money, that you understand that how you're spending your money, how you organize your money, and the goals you're working towards impacts that other person, then go for it. So if you choose to have your accounts joint, that's great. If you choose to have things separately, that's great. My number one recommendation here is that if you choose to keep things separate, that at the very least you add your partner as a beneficiary onto your accounts so that if something were to happen, they have access to those. We've talked a lot about how money is stressful and the conversations around money can often be framed with maybe not having enough or how you're going to pay things or when we get paid and how we're going to make ends meet. And my recommendation is to dream together. Don't forget to talk about what motivates you. So all of us are going to have that day that it's tougher to get out of bed and motivate us to go to work to earn our paycheck. So having those conversations about what motivates us and remind us of why we're working to live is helpful. Talk about what you hope to accomplish, both individually and together, because a lot of your goals are going to affect the other person. And also talk about what you really hope for that other person, that you want them to get to a place of financial success and stability. One of my favorite conversations that I've had with my husband is talking about what we would do if we hit the jackpot in the lottery. How he would spend it is very different than how I would spend it, but it gave me a really good picture of what's important to him. Not understanding the responsibility of co-signing. So I see a lot of people out there that kind of get caught in a trap when it comes to co-signing. And co-signing can be a really excellent tool, especially if you've decided to be joint in your finances with another person. But co-signing makes you legally responsible for the debt that you're signing on to. So make sure you're having a conversation with the person you're co-signing with to make sure that they understand that your name is on the line too. And then understand that if your co-signer is unable to pay, that you might need to have a conversation with the lender and be prepared to pay on their behalf. 
And finally, not checking your FICO score before making a large purchase. When you're in the market for a large purchase, like a home or a car, the last thing you want is a surprise on your credit report, a bill that you forgot to pay, a collection that's reported that you were unaware of that maybe gets in the way from you being able to achieve that thing that's next on your list. So in my opinion, it's never too early to have a conversation to be prepared. So call your relationship manager or your credit union rep and go over your credit report. They can do a soft pull here at Ellen to review your credit report with you to make sure that everything that is reporting is accurate, that there's no fraud, and that there are no surprises when you get ready to apply for a new loan. And additionally, I think those conversations are great to have early too because it sets you up with healthy expectations of how much money you need to have set aside what kind of payments you can expect, what kind of interest rates you can expect with the FICO score you do have. And then keep your eye on your credit score and report. We'll be talking more about this in our next episode, so stay tuned for that. Thank you for joining us on Better Money with Elements Financial as we talk through the financial Ides of March. We hope you were able to take something away from this to make your money better. Our next podcast topic will be over FICO scores. What are they and why should you care? Be sure to join us for that. If you need anything from us in the meantime, visit elements.org slash bettermoney and reach out to us directly at bettermoney at elements.org. Thank you and have a good day.